Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're starting a mini-series on the authority of the believer. Next week, we're sitting down with Pastor Duane to go a little deeper on this topic. Today, Pastor is going to go back to the beginning to really look at where our authority came from, what happened to it, and how it became ours. Let's jump right into today's message, In the Beginning. But let's go. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to be talking for the next several months on and off on the subject of the authority of the believer. Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, notice God says twice, is our image our likeness. You are created in God's image, in God's likeness. Uh, somebody recently asked me, well, what really is the problem with abortion? Well, it's because you're taking someone who's created in God's image, in God's likeness, and you are taking that life. Right? Every person is in God's image and God's likeness. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 5 and verse 23, it says, May the very God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus. So when you think of yourself, this is how you need to think. You need to think, I'm a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul or a mind, and you live inside of a body. Now, we can say it this way, that you are a hybrid being. You're a hybrid. Because you have a body, and with your body, you function and you contact the natural realm. But you are a spirit. And with your spirit, you contact the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm contacts you. So you function in two realms. You function in the natural realm but you also function in the spiritual realm. And by the way, in John 4, Jesus said God is a spirit. So you're in the same class of being that God is. Now, you're not God. You're never going to be God. But you're created in his likeness and in his image. By the way, Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that angels are also spirits. So you're in the class of being that God's in, that angels are in. And you function, can function, in the spiritual realm. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, it says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So in other words, when God speaks to you, when God enlightens you, he does it in your spirit or in your heart. Many times in the Bible, the, the spirit is referred to as the heart. Now, it's not talking about a physical heart, but it's talking about the center of your being. Now, in Romans chapter 10, it says, with the heart, man believes. So, 
You can know a lot of things intellectually in your soul, right? But it is the heart where you believe. And it is the heart, listen, where you receive from God. And when any time that God ministers to you, God speaks to you, God leads you, it is in your heart or your spirit. That's where it happens, right? It doesn't happen first in your body. It doesn't happen first in your mind. It happens, first of all, in your spirit. With the heart, with the spirit, man believes. So you're, you're this, this hybrid being that functions in the spiritual realm, but you also function in the natural realm. Now, in the, the verse that we just read, God said, let them have dominion. So you were created to have dominion. It mentions the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, but then it goes, it says over all the earth. You were not created to be a doormat. You were not created for failure. You were created to have dominion. You were created for success. In Psalms 8, verse 6, it says, you've made him, man, to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things. How many things? All things under his feet. So literally what happened, God creates Adam and Eve. He gives them dominion, and he puts all things, all things under their feet. And then Genesis chapter 3 a lying, talking snake shows up. I'll say that again. A lying, talking snake shows up and says to Adam and Eve, God's holding out on you. Now, God said the day you eat of that tree, you'll die, but you'll not die. What will happen is the day you eat of that tree, you'll be like God. God's holding out. God's not giving you his best. Right? God's holding out on you. And, and the devil comes with that same lie 10,000 different ways that God's holding out on you. It can be a simple thing. Well, let's skip worship and let's go golfing. Uh, let's just have some family time. Let, let's, let's go watch a game. Or it could be a little more blatant. Let's have an affair. Let's watch some porn. Let's lie to your spouse. Let's steal from your employer. So the devil said, You'll be like God. How many know he was lying? They were already like God. But he told them that. And Adam and Eve believed the lion talking snake. And they partake of the one thing God told them not to partake of. And literally what they did was they bowed their knee to Satan. Now, Satan is simply a fallen angel. I shouldn't say simply. He, he's a cherub angel. Talked about in Ezekiel chapter 28 and in uh, Isaiah 14. But he is a fallen angel. But what he did is he came, he, he seduced Adam and Eve to partake of what they should not partake of. And when they did, they became subservient to the devil. They became slaves to sin. Job said it like this, he stripped me of my glory and has taken the crown from my head. And that's literally what happened. 
Adam, Adam and Eve bowed their knee to the devil and the devil came in and he took their authority. He took their position. And what happens today is the devil operates under the authority or with the authority that God gave to Adam. God made Adam his under ruler, a prince in the earth. But what happened, Satan came and took that dominion. In Luke's gospel, the Satan comes, the devil comes, and he's tempting Jesus. The Bible says he takes him up and shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomsoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now, if the devil's lying, there's no temptation. And he said, look at this earth, all the authority of the earth and all the glory of the earth has been given to me. Who gave it to him? Adam and Eve gave it to him. When they bowed their knee, he stripped them of their authority. And literally, he has been using their authority ever since. Now, in a real sense, we, mankind, Adam and Eve, made the devil. Now, we didn't create him, but we made him who he is because it is mankind who gave him authority in this earth. God gave Adam and Eve authority, but then Satan, as he deceived them, took their authority. And now he is the enemy and the tormentor of mankind. He is the enemy and the tormentor of your soul. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus said this about Satan in John's gospel, 14th chapter. He said, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. He's talking about Satan. What does he call Satan? The ruler of this world. The ruler of this world. In the 30th verse, the ruler of this world's coming. He has nothing in me. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Satan is called what? The God of this age. 1 John 5, 19. For no, we know positively that we are of God. And the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. The world around us is under whose power? The evil one. John 12, 31. Now the ruler of this world, talking about the devil, the ruler of this world is cast out. Ephesians 2, 2. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Now, so much of what we find happening in the world around us. In fact, Romans 5.12 says it like this. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin. Adam and Eve let death, sin, sickness, disease, famine, war, pestilence, prejudice, you name the evil, and it came in 
when Satan came in, when Adam and Eve allowed him to strip them of their authority. God gets blamed for all kinds of stuff. In, uh, man, this is the quietest you guys have been in a long time. I don't know if it's the extra sleep or what. Hebrews 2, 14, that through death, he, Jesus, might destroy him, the devil, who had the power of death. That is the devil. Who had the power of death? The devil. The devil. The devil. See, and we blame, oh, God just took him. Who had the power of death? The devil. Uh, let's look at a few others. John 10, verse 10. The thief, the devil, he does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And in a real sense, this verse could be called the great divide. The continental divide. It is the spiritual divide. Everything that kills, steals, and destroys did not come from God. Everything that kills, steals, and destroys comes from the devil. Just that simple. In fact, I, I, I've done this before, but I just want you to say this again. Say, good God, bad devil. If it's good, it comes from God. If it's bad, it comes from the devil. Now, if you really grab hold of that, I want to say what I truly believe. You know more than 90% of theologians because they get it all mixed up. They blame God. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. All who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I have sat down and prayed for, but first talked to many people who said, well, well God gave me this. God's punishing me. God's teaching me. This is for God's glory. No, it's the devil. Every person Jesus healed was oppressed of the, the devil. Ultimately, sickness and disease came into this world when Adam and Eve bowed their knee to God's arch enemy, the devil, and Satan took their dominion, and he's been using it ever since. Let me give you another scripture on this, Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. Now, he, Jesus, is teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said to her, woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus is healed on the Sabbath. And said to the crowd, there's six days in which one ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered and said, hypocrite, doesn't each one of you? My mind disappeared. Oh, here it goes. Back it. Hypocrite. On the Sabbath, loose his ox or his donkey from his stall and lead it away to be watered. So ought not this woman, listen, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Who bound? Him Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Whom Satan has bound. Now, every sickness is not a demon. 
Absolutely not. But if you trace sickness and disease back, it comes in when Adam and Eve bowed their knee and Satan took that authority. Jesus went about doing good, healing all. It says in Hebrews about Jesus, Jesus said, I have come to do thy will, O God. God the Father is not making people sick and then God the Son bringing healing. I mean, that would be schizophrenia. Yet that's how so many of us are. Um, Probably the oldest book in the Bible is not the book of Genesis. It may have been written about the same time, but it's believed that Moses wrote not just Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, but he also wrote the book of Job. Um, Job, by the way, ultimately lived to be about 280 years, where Abraham lived to be 175. So probably Job is before Abraham. Job does not have a Bible. The every, only thing he knows about God is what he's heard, what he's heard. And the Bible says that Satan went out and smote Job with sore boils from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. But Job thinks it's God, like a lot of people today. In fact, he said this. He says, it's all one thing. Therefore, I say, he, God, destroys the blameless and the wicked. If the scourge slays suddenly, he, God, laughs at the plight of the innocent. The earth is given into the hands of the wicked. He covers the faces of the judges. And then it says, if it is not he, if it's not God, who else could it be? I, I love the Spanish translation. It says this. Si no es el, quien es y donde está? Does that really shine some light on that or what? Guess not. This we said. Let me translate. All right. If it is not God, who is it? And where is he? And where is he? Well, the answer is very simple. You just read the book, and it wasn't God. It was the devil. And where is he? Peter said he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So what do we do? We have to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Battle for your soul, battle for victory, battle for peace, for healing, for provision. We are in a spiritual war. Ecclesiastes 8 says this, and there is no discharge from that war. Now, you may not know you're in a war, but you are, whether you like it or not. And there's no breaks. There's no vacations. It is a 24-7, 365 war. The apostle Paul said to fight the good fight of faith. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. One translation says that our battle is not with people, but with spiritual beings without bodies. It's the devil and demons. Against the wilds, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a host, spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. That's why Peter said to be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
In Revelation, it tells us how to fight the battle. It says, and they, that's us, overcome him, that's the devil and demon power, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Notice three things, the blood, the word, and your testimony. Understanding what the blood of Jesus purchased for you, what the word of God promises you, and then your testimony, your word needs to agree with that. In 2 Timothy chapter two, it says that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. We are in a spiritual battle and we need to know how to resist the devil. Again, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine, resist him. Resist him. How? The blood, the word, and your testimony. Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So many Christians never really have victory in their life because they do not know what the word says and they don't speak it. They don't have their testimony. Notice it says you need to acknowledge, you need to say what the blood of Jesus has purchased for you. Even going back in the Old Testament, it was confession. In Psalms 107, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord Psalms 91, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Job chapter 23, it says, you will also declare or decree a thing and it will be established for you. Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. And yet we need to begin to say what the word of God says about us. Even in the beginning, God's, now remember, you're created in God's image and in God's likeness. In the beginning, Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke this world into existence. And you're created in his image and in his likeness. You need to begin to speak, right? Begin to say something. Say what the word of God declares about yourself, about your situation. You need to acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. There is a spiritual battle every day. Every person is in it. It's coming at us from our society, from culture, from the world that's around us. Satan is trying to steal men's hearts. He is opposing the kingdom of God, pouring trash and corruption into our society through every device that, that, that is out there today. And he's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. So if you're a believer, literally, from the moment you become a believer until you die or Jesus comes again, you are in a spiritual battle. You're in a battle, not just for your own soul, 
but literally for this world that we live in. Um, the message translation of Ephesians chapter 6, 11 says, so take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material. Your spiritual weapons, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, the name of Jesus, praise, your testimony, what you speak. See, in Isaiah 54, in verse 17, it says, no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. How does the enemy come against you? He comes against you with thoughts. He comes against you with words. But the Bible says every time one shows up, you need to stand up and condemn it. Every time that word says, no, you're not going to have the provision that you need. You're not going to have peace. You're not going to have victory. You're not going to be delivered. You need to stand up and you need to begin to say what the word of God says and condemn what the enemy is trying to seed into your heart and into your life. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It will prosper if you do not rise up and condemn it. Now, every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. See, we need to realize we're in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh because we're just not a fleshly being. We're a spirit being, right? And we don't only operate in the natural realm. We can operate in the spiritual realm. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not natural, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So, so often we're thinking really that salvation just has to do when we get to heaven. But the kingdom of God, Jesus said, pray your kingdom come, right? And today on earth, the devil is opposing the kingdom of God in your life in your family, and in this world as a whole. And we need to recognize that we are in this battle. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, notice it's in the presence of our enemies. So often we think, well, salvation is just about going someplace. But it's not. Jesus said, pray your kingdom come, your kingdom come. Psalms 142, I cried out to the Lord, to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. He's our refuge and our portion when? In the land of the living. You know, the old Christian song, people, honestly, I believe Christians understood this much better. In, in centuries before us, the old Christian song, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the loyal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle, see the banner go. That's a great song. I'll tell you which one I remember growing up. Now, some of you may not remember this song, but this is the one I remember growing up. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus signals still, wave the answer back to heaven. By the grace we will 
And, and then it goes on and talks about Satan and his hordes coming against the kingdom and about our cowering. Jesus, come and rescue us. Jesus said something completely different. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's not a picture. It's not a picture of, of Christians cowering behind the gates and Satan coming and bannering against those gates. It's the exact opposite. It's the church attacking the gates of hell. Satan cowering behind his gates, but those gates cannot prevail. So we knock them down and plunder hell to populate heaven. We need to realize we have the victory. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right? We cannot be ignorant of the fact we are in a spiritual battle. You just look at the culture around you. And, and if you can't see it, you must be blind. But the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. You may live in a physical body, but you are also a spirit being and you have spiritual weapons. And those weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of the demonic strongholds, whether they're in our life, our church, our city, or our culture. And we need to stand up as Christians and realize there's no release from that war. There's no vacation. I am in a spiritual battle every day of my life. And when I stand and I resist the enemy, there is victory. There is overcoming victory every single time. I want to thank you for being with us today. And do you know, the Bible says this. It says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. So many people, they believe in God. They believe Jesus arose from the dead, but they don't know that they have everlasting life. If you're not sure you're forgiven right with God on your way to heaven, you're not where you should be with God. Now, in Romans 10, the Bible says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And right before it, it gives us really the way to call on the name of the Lord. It says that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to lead you right now in a prayer to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. If you're away from God, you're not right with God, you don't know where you stand with God, this is for you. So I'm going to invite you, pray this prayer. I want you to repeat these words out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord. I'm gonna live for him. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you were right with God. You're on your way to heaven. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep on growing spiritually. All the information is right there on your screen. You can download that book for free. Or if you need a hard copy, contact us and we'll send it to you free of charge. Thank you so much for being with us. We love you. We pray for you. And God bless you. 
If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. In Romans 10:15, it says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. By partnering with Walking by Faith, yours are the feet that bring the good news. We have three easy ways to give. One, text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. And three, click on the giving icon in our app. Thank you for being a blessing to others all around the world. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. I pray you remember that you have the authority over all things evil, and you can put Satan under your feet where he belongs. We'll see you again next time.